Welcome to today's edition of Beat to the Fire, where we're always challenging the status quo. For more cutting-edge commentary, go to feettothefire.org. That is feet, the number two, thefire.org. And now your host. Good morning. Well, as I said yesterday, get the smelling salts. Liberals are going to be unraveling today. And I actually have a really funny article from the Daily Wire detailing the New York Times advice on how people can cope with election results and election loss. So it was a sound defeat of Democrats and liberalism across the country. Now, how? what's the extent of the red wave? We don't know. There were some wins and there were some losses. Overall, it was a an election day of Republican victory. So welcome to Feet to the Fire. This is your host, Sergio Fassa, and this is where you want to come for your election breakdown. When we go through these elections, as I said, there's always some wins and some losses. But let me start by reading what Trump sent out on Truth Social a few hours ago, or the middle of the night. 174 wins and nine losses. A great evening. And the fake news media, together with their partner in crime, the Democrats, are doing everything possible to play it down. Amazing job by some really fantastic candidates. And that is true. You're seeing some headlines and some reporting. Well, not really a red wave, not what we were expecting necessarily Republicans didn't perform as well. Even Lindsey Graham, I think, was on an interview and said, no, this is not a red wave. But again, these are the establishment voices. These are the establishment folks talking. We didn't get 100% wins, and that ideally is what we want all the time. And there were some, there were some tough losses. Trump also tweeted this out. Don Bolduck, who lost in New Hampshire, was a very nice guy, but he lost tonight when he disavowed after his big primary win his longstanding stance on election fraud in the 2020 presidential election. Had he stayed strong and true, he would have won easily. Lessons learned. So Trump's take is any losses we see in the Republican Party are because we weren't strong enough with our MAGA messaging, confident enough to the point of doubling down on the stolen 2020 election and other MAGA platform issues. And I tend to agree with Trump. Now, this is also odd. I just want to wait till more information comes in on some of these races. But as we read yesterday, and as the polling has been showing from Real Clear Politics 538, Republicans were favored by the aggregator, by these aggregate polling sources to win seats in Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and New Hampshire. Now, the only two we know about for sure right now are Pennsylvania and New Hampshire, or so we think. I don't believe Dr. Oz has made any concession speech, but in Pennsylvania, sadly, John Fetterman is claiming victory for that Senate race. And that one, I got to tell you, it's, that's discouraging. What is Pennsylvania doing? And you know, also in Pennsylvania, Josh Sapiro, the Democrat gubernatorial candidate, won over Doug Mastriano. And I don't really know what to make of the PA races. I guess we're learning that Pennsylvania has gone, has gone blue, has it? You know, when you look at the Pennsylvania map, as when you look at most state maps, 
They're all red. All the districts are red because it's mostly suburban, rural, and that goes red. And then you see those deep pockets of blue around the cities, and that's what causes the elections to be won in favor of the Democrats. So when you look at the Pennsylvania map, it's the Philly area, a little bit in the Pittsburgh area, I think maybe some in, in central PA, probably it's probably Harrisburg, but it's really that Philadelphia southeastern part of the state of Pennsylvania. Well, I'm not crying foul and immediately saying stolen election. I don't want to do that. Every time we lose, we say it's stolen. That's what the Democrats do. But it does cause you to question, how does such a rural a manufacturing, a, a coal, coal-producing, fossil fuel-generating state, I mean, this is, a, this is a rural state for the most part, Its big industries are in the fossil fuel industries. It's more of a blue-collar state, a rural state. How does it now consistently go blue? And is it these tactics in the cities, the ballot harvesting? And and you have to also weigh in, as I said, all the mail-in voting, all the early voting. This stuff can't be monitored. The other point I wanted to make is this before we go on with some election results. And I'll get to these election results. But... What we're also seeing is the problem that maybe I haven't said it on this show frequently, but it is a point to be made, and I've been saying it for years. Some of these Senate losses that we see, that we were hoping to flip the seats, is this is the clear results of the 17th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. The 17th Amendment was officially adopted in 1913. It was passed by Congress on May 13th, 1912 and was ratified on April 8, 1913, by the several states. It modifies Article 1, Section 3 of the Constitution by allowing voters to cast direct votes for U.S. senators. Prior to its passage, senators were chosen by state legislatures. And this goes back to how our government was framed. I am against the 17th Amendment. We should not be having direct election of U.S. senators. That should be done as originally framed by... The writers of the Constitution, senators chosen by state legislatures. And why is that? To to avoid populism and rule by majority to be what determines our U.S. Senate, which is the most powerful branch of the government. The Congress legislative branch is the supreme law of the land, and the most powerful chamber is the U.S. Senate, where every state gets two senators. The idea of the founders and the framers was that you would separate the Senate from the uh, fickle wave of populism. Vote, rule by majority. It was to create a separation. So the Senate was indirectly elected by the people because the people would elect their state representatives and then the state legislatures would choose the senators. And that way you have a more balanced choice for U.S. Senate in each state because in the state legislatures, all of the various interests of the state. So take a state like Pennsylvania. In the state legislature of Pennsylvania, all the various interests of the state are balanced in the legislature with the several representatives so that it's not just Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, the population centers, always making the decision ruled by populism. The state legislature balanced the interests of all the different areas of of the state elevating the voting power of the less populated rural areas over and against the more densely populated areas, and then that legislature picks its senator. Now, it's simply populism. 
the most votes wins, and that's always the population center. So when you look at these, some of these U.S. Senate races where we didn't get a Republican victory, it's because the most populist, most populated cities are simply determining who the senator is in that state. It's rule by city, rule by majority. And the Democrats run the cities. I looked online this morning. I think Philadelphia is something like the sixth most populated city in the country. So there you go. That explains how Fetterman, and and the problem with the Fetterman race is the guy had a stroke. So that's sad. I'm not making fun of that. But he can't even speak properly or think clearly. He's got a lot of medical issues. He's unfit for office physically. Not only that, he walks around in a hoodie. He is undignified. He sounds like a fool when he talks, not because of the stroke issue. Now I'm talking in terms of his content and his delivery. He, he just, he, he sounds like uh, n- there's nothing about him that's sophisticated or uh, reminiscent or reflective of a statesman. He's, he's a foolish man. And Pennsylvania just voted for it. And a liberal governor. And so how much of this is cities overrunning the majority view of rural, suburban, flyover America, which is what I always say on the show. Okay, let's get you some results. Let's get you some results here. Governor Hochul, unfortunately, New York defeats Lee Zeldin for governor. In Michigan, it looks like Gretchen Whitmer is beating, has beaten Tudor Dixon, Democrat one in Michigan. Arizona, Kerry Lake, it's still up for grabs. We don't know if she is going to win that governor race in Arizona. And a comment on Arizona, there's some chicanery going on there. I think it might be Maricopa County. I'm not sure where, but all of a sudden the voting stopped. There were massive lines. And then the the, the time for the polls to close came and went. And everybody was like, well, no more voting in Arizona. And there's tons of people standing in line to vote on election day. And so there looks like it looks like there's some shenanigans going on and the big Republican messaging last night was stay in line and get your vote in. So not sure what's happening there. Kemp did be- defeat Stacey Abrams in Georgia, which was big. Florida wiped the floor. DeSantis wiped the floor in Florida. Over a million votes, at least last night, he was winning by, which is crazy. In what used to be considered a swing state, now Florida is thoroughly red. Marco Rubio swept as well for Senate in Florida, and Miami-Dade County went red for DeSantis by huge numbers for the first time in years. So whereas maybe Pennsylvania, could it be that it's a blue state now? Florida is not a swing state anymore. It is a deep red state. Thank you, DeSantis. Oregon, we don't know the governor race. Christine Drazen, the Republican, could still win in Oregon. Arizona, Blake Masters is still fighting uh, as the Republican senator there, Herschel Walker is still fighting in, Virginia, in Georgia against Raphael Warnock. As I said, New Hampshire, Dan Bolduck lost the Republican. Adam Laxalt, Nevada, is still fighting for that Republican, uh, that Republican for that Senate seat in Nevada. Wisconsin looks like Ron Johnson, Republican, is going to win. North Carolina, Ted Budd, Republican, won. As I said, Rubio in Florida. Ohio, J.D. Vance won soundly in Ohio, Republican U.S. Senate. And that, again, shows that there is there was massive Republican victory. Ohio used to be a swing state. Now, that one is thoroughly red, thoroughly red. Utah, Mike Lee wins and keeps his seat, Republican senator. 
So back to my point, this was a great election. We're being told that it wasn't a red wave. There's huge reasons to be excited about Republican victory, but there's still outstanding questions. You know, how does Kemp win in Georgia? And yet Herschel Walker, we're not sure yet. Kemp won soundly in Georgia against Stacey Abrams, but we're not sure about Herschel Walker beating Raphael Warnock. And that's strange. What do people go in and they vote for Republican governor and then they jump the line and vote for a Democrat senator, a leftist Marxist socialist craze loon like Raphael Warnock? And again, it's hard to believe Georgia's going blue. It's surrounded by red states, Florida to the south, south and North Carolina above it, red Alabama to the west, red, and yet Georgia, we're just supposed to believe, is a, a, a swing state, a purple state, or perhaps more, more accurately, a blue state, a Democrat state. I just don't believe it. What am I, I'm not saying chicanery. I don't know. Let's hear the data come in, and perhaps still, Herschel Walker is going to walk away with that. Let justice roll down like waters, America, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Don't believe the hype out there. It was a big win for Republicans. There are still some open races. And let's keep our winning MAGA message going because this is how we take back our country.